watching us online or if you've been joining us on YouTube or even just listening to the podcast, the first thing we talked about is a new thing. A new thing. Somebody say that with me. A new thing. Because I know that it's starting to become cliche when you have a new year. You begin to believe for new things. But we really believe as we began to profess on the first week in this month, in the month of January in 2023, that there was a shift that we felt in the supernatural realm. Anybody else feel a shift? Oh, yeah? Like God is bringing us into not just a new year, but a new season. And because he's bringing us into a new season, we realize that God wants to do a new thing. But we also rejected the principle that because God is doing a new thing in our life, that it's going to happen instantaneously, right? What is the saying? If it's the same you, there's, there's this thing where sometimes people feel like, oh, I'm going to move to a new city. Things are going to be better when I move to a new city. New city, same you, Right? If you bring those same attitudes, those same perspectives, those same beliefs, those same habits, those same ways of doing things, I don't care if you move to a new city, a new job, a new church, a new marriage, a new whatever, fill in the blank. Until there's some work that takes place in us, we're going to see what? Same thing. So we declared in week one that we were going to do a new thing, but we were also going to do it in a way that we allow God to help us release some baggage. So we said we were going to release the baggage, and in week two, we said we were going to let it go. Somebody say, let it go. Let it go. We had to let go the baggage of our past. I talked a little bit about how sometimes I travel, and so I have a vacation home, and it's a little bit easier for when I'm traveling there because I already have an owner's closet. It has all the things that I need there, and I want to be able to travel light. And how it's so easy going through the airport, going through TSA, going through everything when you don't have a whole lot of luggage that you have to bring. It slows you down. I mean, not only does it slow you down in terms of checkpoints, but it slows you down in terms of how fast you can move, how agile you are, how tired you become quickly. And what we began to see in week two is that in the spiritual realm, it's very similar. There's baggage that we take from year to year, something that somebody did to me in 1989, something that happened to me when I was three, and I'm not letting go, I'm not making adjustments, I'm not making a decision that if God is trying to bring me into a new thing, that that may mean I'm going to have to let go of some things that I'm holding on to from my past. And so as we look at week three and we have everybody caught up who is like, well, this is my first week, which I'll talk about week one and week two. As I bring you up to speed and as we are now in the same place, this is going to be our cornerstone for this morning's message for my note takers. And that is going to be let go of the baggage in your life and travel freely into a life filled 
with expectation and anticipation of all that God can do in and through you. There's some things God wants to do through us, each and every one of us. And the assignment that I have on this morning is the assignment I pretty much have all the time, and it's not always the easiest assignment, but yet it is the assignment that I feel is going to propel us into the new that we're believing God for. And sometimes that sounds like a really great exhortation, maybe even like a marketing email headline. But I want you to know that this really can be the mantra for our life as we move forward in 2023. If you really believe that God has a new thing, if you're really prepared to let it go, then today I want to challenge you to the third part of what is going to be required for us to do this new thing. Today's message is titled, Cast Your Cares. Cast your cares. We're going to be looking in a minute in the book of 1 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, just kind of raise your hand. And then, Kiki, you can sit right there. That's fine. You don't have to stand the whole service. If you need one, just lift your hands and somebody will hand you one. Because as I go through the message today, the scriptures that I am sharing, I'm going to share them on our screen. And there will be a page number at the corner and those page norm numbers uh, correspond to this Bible in the house. If you have your own Bible, you probably are real familiar with it. You know where to find it. But if this is your first time here, we want you to be comfortable. We don't want you to be looking around, searching for the scriptures, and miss it by the time we get to it. So there's going to be a page number in the corner that you can follow along with as we go. Okay, so you can start looking for First Peter. I'm not there yet, but I want you to be ready when I am. So for some of us, we, before we can get into this, we need to be honest about some things. For some of us today, we've been hearing this for a long time. For some of us here in the sanctuary, some of us who are part of our Excel Church family that are watching us online, many of you today, I got a lot of messages about people who are sick and we're praying for you. But as you're at home or you're here in the sanctuary and you're hearing this message, this message is for you. And some of you may be thinking, that sounds great, Pastor Alicia, but I've been declaring that my year is going to be this year for a couple years. And I'm starting to wonder when I say that, is this really my year? I'm starting to wonder, is there really greener pastures ahead for me? Am I really about to turn a corner? Because just between me and you, Pastor Alicia, I'm a little discouraged this morning. That's you. You don't have to do anything special. God wants to speak to you. In fact, if I could be honest, I'm a little annoyed because he woke me up at 4 a.m. to talk to me about this for you. I'm very excited to tell you what he has to say, because maybe tonight I'll get some sleep. But in all seriousness, 
There's something he needs you to understand about the season that you're in right now. And if it sounds like you today, and if you feel like, oh my goodness, he is talking to me, I need the word, then I'm glad you're here. This message this morning is for you. For all of us that got it all together, sorry, y'all just going to have to sit through this one. Because God wants to speak to those of us who recognize that we need to hear from him in order to receive what he wants to do in our life. And so I have a few scriptures before I get to the one that I want us all to read together that I need to set the stage, if you will, for what it is that God is going to say to you. So just kind of listen, just and I'm going to speak them into your hearing. And my hope is that it's a prescription for your soul. My hope is that as you hear these words, that because of where you are and because of the season that you're in, that it's going to just take root and it's just going to minister to you in a way, even before the message that I bring ministers to you this morning. And so the first scripture I want to share with you from my note takers is Psalm 55, verse 2. Give your burdens to the Lord. And he will, somebody say will, take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. I see See, y'all, see, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching today. That's all I'm doing. Because the Spirit of God is ministering to me, even as I'm sharing the, the word. He will not permit the godly to fall. He's saying, why are you tripping? Why are you worrying? Why are you stressing? Give me your burdens. I am not going to let you fall, baby girl. Matthew 6, 25 says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more important than clothes. Now that's ministering to me on a whole bunch of different levels. As somebody who stood in the closet with my husband going through three different outfits before I figured out what I was going to wear today. And still said, you know what, God, this is what we are demonstrating. This is what we are modeling. We are not worried about what people have on. People are dealing with real-life issues. People are dealing with real-life battles in their mind. And y'all want to worry about what they got on? God is telling us, I really don't want you to worry about 
trivial things, I really want to train you because if you want to excel in 2023, this is a key part. You're going to have to learn how to cast some cares on me because what it's doing is it's baggage that's holding you down. And so I'm trying to take you in one direction. I'm trying to take you and propel you to another level. And you are so heavy, you can't even lift. I need you to release these burdens. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me. Come on, y'all know this one by heart. All ye who are what? Weary and burdened, heavy laden, and he will give us what? Mm. Thank you, God. He will give us rest. See, this ministers to me so well because those of you who know me well know I am by nature a perfectionist. I will wear myself out. The worst of combinations, perfectionist and a workaholic. I got my neighbors here, they'll probably testify, they probably ride down the street and it's two in the morning and they still see my office light on, don't you? I will work and work and work and work because God, I want to be faithful and God, I want to do what you showed me to do and God, I want to see your vision come to pass. And he has to remind me as he's reminding you this morning, baby, you can't do it. In all your degrees, in all your education, in all your experience, in all your connections, you still have to learn how to come to me and let me give you rest. I didn't mean for you to be working 24-7. I mean for you to have a day of rest. I mean for you to be able to stop what you're doing. I used to actually, just transparency moment, and you've heard me testify about this before if you've been with me for a moment. I used to see my husband watching television, and I would just be like, you can watch TV? All the stuff we got to do? Like I'm running in my mind like, I know I gave you a honeydew list. And I know it's not done. And you chilling? Must be nice. And then God had to convict me like, you should learn how to chill too. You should learn how to get some rest too. It's called what? Balance. I see some conviction hitting some folks in this morning. Here's where I want you to turn with me. 1 Peter chapter 5. Because this is what we're going to build upon this morning. We're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 6 and 7. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Hmm. Put your name right there. Humble yourself, Alicia, under the mighty hand of God, hmm. that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He 
He cares for you. He wants the best for you, wholeness, and abundant life. And so let's keep those truths in mind as we plug through a couple of points before we close this morning. We're going to talk about casting our cares on him. So my first point is humility. Somebody say humility. As we identify the baggage in our lives, as we identify it, let it go, and trust God with our future, there is something else that's imperative as an ingredient to this mix that we cannot miss, and that is humility. Humility is the secret sauce. Have you ever eaten something and you're trying to like nail down grandma's recipe? You're trying to get it the way your daddy used to make it. And you're like, it's missing something. I can't put my finger on it. And if you're fortunate enough, they're still living. You can call them and say, now tell me again, what is it? And you're like, oh, that's what I'm missing. See, people of God, what I need you to understand this morning is we are missing an important ingredient, and that is humility. We have to be willing to ask for help. Now that I know comes easier for some than for others, and for some you're thinking, no big deal. But then we have our children in the body of Christ that are prideful, who are independent, who have it going all on. I don't need any help. And because we have this mentality, we develop blind spots. One of the things that I am very committed to in any leadership role that I serve in is surrounding myself with people who have knowledge in areas and expertise in areas that I don't to help bring me a perspective that I would otherwise not have. What I've learned is some leaders can't do that because they get intimidated when people are in the room that are smarter than them. I want to be in the room with people who are smarter than me. You can learn something. But you know what that takes? Humility. I learn stuff from my nine-year-old sometimes. Anybody can teach you something if you let them. Humility says, I don't have it all figured out yet. And I don't care if I've been walking this planet 70 years, 50 years, 30 years, however many years I've been here, I understand that God is not finished with me yet and that there are things that he's trying to teach me and trying to show me because I don't care how much I have achieved, there is another level of success. The worst thing we can do sometimes is get comfortable and feel like we made it. No, you, you, you didn't make it. You're higher than where you were before, but there's other levels, there's other dimensions to this thing. And because you've never been there, you don't even realize that there's more 
to come. But when we begin to humble ourselves, God begins to show us that there are things that he wants to do for us. I can't even begin to explain it. I, I, I remember, and I, I use this as an example because it's so prevalent in my mind because it's so recent, but after coming out of homelessness, as I waited on the promise of God with my family, as we said, no, we're not going to take something else. We believe this is what you have for us. We're not moving until we receive what it is you promised. And we came into our promised land. For me, that was the tippy top of the mountain. It couldn't get no better than that. Until God said, no, 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 no. Remember that dream you had about a vacation home? See, I know how to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or even think to ask. And so while we're being too prideful because we don't want to humble ourselves, our Father is waiting on us to humble ourselves and come to him so he can show us, this is what I want to do for you. This is what I want to do in your life. And then we begin to get a little bit afraid because we're like, well, I, I don't know nobody who's ever done this before, God. I've never seen this before. And so this is where the humility comes in where we can say, well, Lord, I trust you to show me the way. Because here's what I want to challenge you this morning. The Holy Spirit just gave this to me. If you already know the way and you really do have it mastered, that's telling me you're not on the right level. See, it's easy for me to know everything if I'm in the fifth grade and I'm supposed to be in the 12th. I'm running circles around these little fifth graders, pushing them down on the, in recess. Honey, you're not supposed to be in the fifth grade. You're supposed to be in college. If you really do got it all figured out, then I need you to go home today and say, well, wait a minute. Maybe there's another level I'm supposed to be on. He said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And that's what I began to understand. That's what my prayers began to be. Because as I began to see things that God would show me that seemed like they were out of my reach, seemed like they're out of my realm, seemed like they're out of my abilities, I began to say, but this is the mighty hand of God at work. Yes, it's out of my reach. Yes, it's beyond my abilities. You see the difference here? But the mighty hand of God is at work in our lives. And if we would just humble ourselves, if we would just say, God, I don't have it figured out. Can you show me where you want me to be? Can, can you show me what you want me to be doing? Can you reveal to me how you want me to be moving on this level? the mighty hand of God will begin to work and it will begin to move and you will just begin to become amazed because you'll see things happening. And you're just like, how did this happen? It's like a tapestry because the handiwork of God is now released to move in your life. Imagine, if you would, a great painter being handcuffed and your prayers having the power to unleash the handcuffs and then they begin to paint a masterpiece that you're like, oh my goodness. 
Humility allows us to unleash what God already wants to do in our life. And as we humble him and as he can see our hearts and as he can see that we're ready to receive it, then he can begin to paint on the canvas of our lives and do the things that we are envisioning. Because I keep telling you, if you're envisioning it and you walk with God, God gave you that vision. If you stay before God, if you're in God's presence, and that's something I did not understand as a baby Christian. I would get scared when I would see these visions. Like, I shouldn't even be thinking this kind of stuff. I shouldn't even be dreaming this kind of stuff. What if it don't happen? I'm going to be disappointed. And as I grew in God and he began to show me how he operated, he began to allow me to see that, no, I planted that desire in your heart so that you would pursue it. How else would you have known to go for that? How else would you have known to move in this direction? And so I began, if you line your desires up with my desires, if you begin to stay in my face, if you begin to desire that my will would be done in your life, then your desires begin to sink. And you find yourself pursuing things that you're like, I, that was not, case in point, I went to law school and here I am preaching. That wasn't in my plan. But as I began to seek his face, he synced my desires with his desires, and I wind up diverting to a whole other path that was completely different than what I had planned for myself. God has a plan. Somebody say, God has a plan. And so if we look at these six attributes of healthy humility for my note takers, I just want you to take them down. There's six things that I want you to self-evaluate when you go home today. Number one, you acknowledge that you don't have it all together. Number two, you know the difference between self-confidence and pride. Number three, you seek to add value to others. Number four, you take responsibility for your actions. Number five, you understand the shadow side of success. And number six, you are filled with gratitude for what you have. Now, I just really gave you like a cheat sheet. Because if you begin to, in 2023, keep checking your conduct, your decisions, your emotions against these six things, you're going to find that you have unlocked a whole nother level in this game. If you're still operating in these areas, you're in trouble, and that's why you're stuck on this level. You're not responsible for your actions. It's always somebody else's fault. You, it's a pattern. You keep having the same issue, no matter who you're friends with, no matter where you work, no matter where you go, it's the same problem, but it's, it's, it's not you. It's everybody else's fault. You don't see any part that you're playing in the problem. 
you got it all together. You've confused self-confidence and pride. You're not really interested in adding value to others because it's all about what can I get. Woof! You're on a destructive path if this resonates. And it's time to make an adjustment or else 2023 gonna look just like 2022 and 2021. If you see this self in your list, it's not for condemnation. It's for the celebration that now I know what I need to do. Because that's what humility says. Humility says, I'm coming to you. I, I realize that it's something I need to tweak. And in my mind, I got it all together because I didn't hit the big things. You know, I'm faithful, I tithe, I'm, I'm a good person. You know, we're hitting all the nice big things and you're going, so what is it? So as we went through these six things, you acknowledge you don't have it all together. You know the difference between self-confidence and pride. You seek to add value to others. You take responsibility for your actions. You understand the shadow side of success and you are filled with gratitude for what you have. You will grow in humility. Second point, throw it all on Jesus. Throw it, cast it, toss it, release it. That's the word he gave to me last Sunday. Release it. Because if we tell the truth, sometimes we put stuff in God's inbox and then we take our hand off and then we kind of count for a few seconds and be like, did he forget I put that in there? Like he ain't did nothing with that yet. Don't worry, I got it, God. And then we snatch it back and then we try to fix it the way that we know how to fix it. No, this is the season for release. That means I put it in here and I think of it no more. You got this. And then, here's the thing, we train our minds to obey. Because our mind is going to tell us, that ain't, that ain't fixed yet. And then that's when we tell our mind, yeah, I know, I gave that to God. I know. Because see, I'm big on lists. I got lists everywhere. Got reminder lists, checklists, written lists, computer lists. I got a list. And so I know when things haven't been done. And my mind knows that it hasn't been done. And my mind's circling back around. You know this isn't finished yet. Do You know this isn't achieved yet. You know this goal isn't reached yet. You know you haven't accomplished this yet. I know. But remember, we went to the altar. Remember that time? And we put that on the altar. We said, God, you got this. So you don't have to keep bringing that up to me. Because I, one thing I can tell you for sure, God knows how to handle things for me. See, when you begin to remind yourself, sometimes you have to play back in your mind how many times God has brought you through. Sometimes you just got to remind the devil, I'm not a novice at this. This ain't my first rodeo. This ain't the first thing I've had to overcome. This ain't the first barrier I've had to bust. 
This ain't the first obstacle I've had to get through. And each and every time I've gotten through it, it's been because the Lord is on my side. And God humbled me when I rededicated my life to him. And he began to take me. It kind of reminds me of those Christmas stories, how like they show like the ghost of Christmas, this and that, and they take you through your life. He began to take me through my life and show me the times that he got me through that I didn't even know who he was. He began to show me where his hand was on things that, quite frankly, I thought I had accomplished. And it was like he laughed, like, you thought you did that? <laughs> no, girl, I did that for you. I opened that door for you. I made this possible for you. And I want you to understand as you begin to reflect over your life and you begin to spend time with God and you begin to allow him to show you how he is with you, how he cares for you, how he's been taking care of you for a very long time, that whatever it is that you just put in his inbox, he is more than able. He's more than able. So we're going to give it all to Jesus. Somebody say, give it to Jesus. Many of you are asking, okay, that sounds really good, Pastor Alicia, but how does that work? How does that work when you put it in the inbox and the disconnect notices for Tuesday? And ain't nothing happened yet. How does that work when the foreclosure is scheduled for the end of the month? How does that work when I got one more paycheck, I can make it before I don't have enough? I want to share with you this morning that there's an example that we can look to in chapter 10 of Luke. Would you turn there with me? We're going to look at verses 38 through 42. And then if you're reading the house Bible, that's going to be on page 495. It says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou now care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The point I want to highlight from this passage is the example that is set by Mary. Because I identify with Martha a whole lot. And so I have to focus as the scripture is directing me on what the model is that God wants us to see. While her sister is worried and bothered by all kinds of things, Mary is where? Seated at the foot of Christ. 
What a beautiful picture. And, and what a powerful lesson to learn from this. We make time for Jesus. We sit with him. We sit with his word. We pray. We journal. We read. We tell him the things that we are anxious about. I had to rebuke some people because they were thinking that there's, as I shared with you before, that there was a specific prayer ritual that you needed to memorize in order to get God's attention. When he wants us to understand, it's the authentic relationship of us as his children talking to our father that is important. And as we begin to settle into this space of father, I am anxious about all kind of stuff. I'm anxious about how this is going to be resolved. I'm anxious about when you're going to move in this area of my life. I'm anxious about, because here's the thing, he knows it anyway, right? That's where that humility comes in. Because we say, it's not that he don't know it. He's waiting to see, are you humble enough to seek me for help? This discipline was even modeled by Christ while he was here amongst us. How many times did you see in the Bible where he would regularly disappear on y'all to go be with his father? Missing in action. Where's Jesus? He is gone. He needed to recharge. He needed to be with our Father to get clarity, to get direction, to get recharged for the mission ahead. Because sometimes for many of us, it's not that we don't know what God wants us to do. We just get depleted. Because we've been doing it so long been waiting a minute, and so we're just running out of steam, and we have to go back to him and say, you know what, I'm getting a little tired. I'm getting a little weary. Now, I know you don't want me to do that, so help me. Help me. I mean, really, for real, talk to your father and let him know what you have need of. And just like Jesus recognizes in Mary's time spit with him, which he says shall not be taken away from her, we've got to get to the point where we realize that time spent with Jesus is time well spent. I feel sorry for us sometimes because this American culture has got us to a place where we are constantly tuned to WIIFM. What's in it for me? And unless we can see a direct benefit of how something we're going to do is going to immediately benefit us, how it's going to hook us up, get us a connection, get us some money, get us something else we're looking for, a lot of times we bypass it, but that is the very place where our blessing lies. And when we spend time with our Father, he will give us, and here's a prayer that I pray, divine ideas, witty inventions. What was so powerful about what God did with that rental property, that investment property, is he showed it to us at a time when it was COVID. Nobody wanted to be buying any rental properties and any, any travel destinations at a time when what? Couldn't nobody travel. 
But when we spent time with God, the Lord began to show my husband, and I trusted the God in him because when he first brought it to me, I kind of thought it was a little crazy too. Like, let me get this right. Of all the places in the world, we're going to buy a house. And the travel destination for America and abroad, when can't nobody travel, exactly that's what we're going to do. Because the father of the universe knew that the world was getting ready to still be closed. But guess who opened up first? Florida. Nobody could go nowhere in any other state, but Florida was wide open. So anybody who wanted to get out of being cramped up from COVID for over a year, guess where they went? Guess where they stayed? <laughs> Amen. You don't get that from just trying to calculate your own moves. Spending time with God, he has some moves he wants to show you. It's some things that he wants to do in your business. It's some things he wants to do in your ministry. It's some things he wants to do in your home. And as you spend time with him, putting to the side all your problems, putting to the side all your bills, putting to the side all your issues, and saying, I really just want to spend time with you. I really just want to rebuild my relationship with you. I really just want to be in your presence and just get to know you better. I really just want to hear from you so I can understand, am I even on the right path? Is this what you want me to be doing? And as we spend that time with him, that he will begin to download to us, I want you to go here. And it's, it's, it reminds me of when they were trying to cast the, the net and they kept pulling no fish up. And Jesus said, flip it to the other side. And they're looking like, I'm sure, like, well, what difference is that going to make? On this side of the boat, we didn't get anything. Going to the other side, how's that going to make a difference? But when we get to that point where we say, I'm really not going to keep questioning why God is telling me to do what it is he's telling me to do. This is the year, this is the season that I want to start moving in that direction and just see what he is doing in my life. Is that anybody this morning? Amen? Amen? Can we pray together if that's you this morning? God, I just want to come to you this morning and say, I've been in control of my life for a very long time, and um, I quit. I quit. I resign. I, 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 this is not my job. I, I'm, I'm not qualified. I don't know what to do. But I understand that you are my maker. You created me. You know everything about me. You even know the number of hairs that I have on my head. You knew me even when I was in my mother's womb. I know that you know everything that concerns me. I know that you know everything that is about me. You're the alpha, you're the omega, you're the beginning, you're the end, you're everything. And I honor you this morning. I submit to you this morning. I humble myself to you this morning. And I say to you, God, I do not have it all figured out. I need you to come into my life. I need you to come into my heart. I need you to begin to move through me, Father God, and really do a new thing. I am tired of the cliche. 
Do a new thing in me. Do a new thing in my marriage. Do a new thing on my job. Do a new thing on my church. Do a new thing with my family. Do a new thing with me at my school. God, use me for your glory. Have your way in my life. Be glorified. Let the reason that I'm here be to bring you glory and receive glory out of me every single day, God. I'm asking you that now. And I'm asking that you would begin to show me the way. Show me in small steps what I need to do. Show me where I have to go. God, you said the steps of a good man are ordered by you. And so I need you to order my steps. Just begin to show me I am trusting you. I am walking by faith. I am not walking by sight. I will walk with you, Father, but show me what to do. And I will give you and you alone the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.